When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Baseball podcast continues. AM is on a hot streak, 13 and 2 now after winning five in a row. And looking forward to the weekend as the Ags host the Zags. It's AM versus Gonzaga in a three game set. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Blue Bell Park. Final non conference weekend. SEC play is on the horizon. Rob Childress speaks a lot about versatility on this team. A lot of players that can do a lot of things. Well, one of them is a freshman from Richmond, Texas. He can hit, he can pitch, and when you're a freshman, it's always a season of firsts. That's going to be hit hard into center field. Let's see if that's going to clear the bases. It's all the way to the pit. Menifee's going to check up there at second base. Bases clearing double for your first hit. 3-2 pitch on its way. Swing and a miss, strike three. And two batters faced by Moo Menifee. That's two outs for the Aggies, and he gets his first punch out in the Aggie uniform. So we have with us Joseph Menifee right here on the broadcast, or excuse me, the podcast, I should say. A&M gets going with Gonzaga on Friday night. Series resumes on Saturday and concludes on Sunday. This weekend we are back at Olsen Field at Bluebell Park, and almost feel like I got it incorrect to start this all off. I mean, I called you Joseph Menifee, and since the season began, every time you take the mound, you know, we hear Moo out there. And you knew we had to start with 
Where does Moo come from? Is this long before A&M, or is this an A&M thing? Um, I've been called Moo ever since I was about two weeks old. Two weeks. That didn't take long. <laughs> um, when I was born, I looked like Mr. Magoo. Okay. I was a little old man, and my brother was about six at the time, and it was too hard for him to say. So they just kind of shortened it down to Moo, and I have no problem with it. So that's really all you've heard then? Mm-hmm. Do you get in situations where somebody says, hey, Joseph, and you don't even turn? All the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so, I mean, did the Aggie, when being recruited, did the Aggie coaches catch on to this immediately? I mean, First time they met you, I'm assuming they're calling you Joseph. Um, and at some point, did they have to be correct? They, they were like, uh, howdy, Joseph. Uh, I hear people call you Moo. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so, I mean, it's to the point to where my parents call me Moo, teachers call me Moo. It's just normal. When I hear Joseph, it's normally when I'm in trouble. Yeah. You kind of cringe a yeah, little bit, don't oh. you? Yeah. Well, so it all stems from... Your brother couldn't say Mr. Magoo. Yes. And you've been Moo ever since. Ever since. What teammates think about it when you arrived into the A&M program? <laughs> it's just normal. Everyone just wanted to know where it came from. Mm-hmm. So it, it, we we broadcast a lot of your games on the SEC Network Plus platform, and I wondered, you know, when you come into a game, it's more formal. You know, we're probably going to have a graphic that says Joseph Menifee. We'll probably call you Joseph Menifee in the booth. I'm guessing now we have permission to change graphics and, and, and go with Moo Menifee in the booth on an official capacity. Go ahead. No problem with it. <laughs> I th- I got to be honest. I thought it would be something more recent. I thought it was a high school thing or maybe when you got to A&M. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking two weeks old here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, just uh, – you know, your thoughts on the season. I know a big weekend coming up. Conference play is not far away. And it's not like you guys are dipping your toe into the SEC. You'll start with Vanderbilt in a couple mm-hmm. of weeks. Uh, just your thoughts on this group so far. And I, and I know you're part of a pitching staff that goes really deep. Um, I mean, this year, just so far, it's just been the most fun that I've had. I mean, we go out really no matter how we've played that we just – try to just have as much fun as possible because when we're having fun, then the pitching is going to be good, the hitting is going to be good, the defense is going to be good. And I think up until this point, our, we're having a lot of fun and the energy is there. And we're not really just going in any game like down or anything. I mean, we've had consistent high energy all year, and that's just been huge for us. Mm-hmm. I know – Got some disappointing news earlier this week uh, with one of your left-handers and Jonathan Childress that he'll have surgery. He'll be gone for the year. And I know uh, I'll ask you in a minute, you know, who has to step up because you'll be a part of that, obviously. But just when you see that happen to a teammate, does the heart sink a little bit knowing, I mean, knowing you're hurting for him? Yeah. I mean, it it sucks. I went through it. I mean, it, it's a brutal process. But, I mean, he, he's, he was our Sunday guy. I mean, he deserved it. He was good. But it the same point like it's just next man up mm-hmm. whoever gets to sundays has to step up and take control and do what he does but i mean 
I'll, I'll be there for them. It's tough. I went through the whole process. We had we tore our UCLs one day apart. We're having surgery two days apart from what I did. So, I mean, it's going to be a tough process, but, I mean, he'll be back next year. You mean going back mm-hmm. almost the anniversary of mm-hmm. yours? When did you tear yours? What were you? I was a high, senior in high school. Senior in high school. Okay. And I tore mine March 2nd. So, you like you said, you've gone through the process. You've dealt with this. You've come back to pitch. Can you shed a little light on Jonathan's process that, that it'll go through similar to you? I mean, what's in store for him, and how do you feel now, and do you anticipate the same thing for Jonathan in his future? Um, no doubt that he's going to come back just as quick as I did. And, I mean, for now it's just he's going to have to go back to everything, start from the very beginning, mm-hmm. starting with, you know, lifting his arm up, trying to straighten it out, rebuilding all the shoulder muscles and all that. And then once he starts to get throwing, building the arm strength back up mm-hmm. and then getting back and pitching stamina and all that. Is patience the hardest part of it? Yes. Because you guys are competitors. Yes. I mean, after surgery, you probably want to throw a week mm-hmm. later. Yeah. But can you explain the patience required through all of it, this? It's – tough i mean at at least for me i was able to start hitting after four months somewhere around there but just like you think you feel good enough you're like all right i can kind of skip a couple weeks ahead i'm feeling good but then it's just like you can't and it just you almost feel like helpless like i want to help the team like i want to go play but like you just can't Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then the competitor you're You're just like, I, I, I can feel it. I can do it. Yeah, but the thing is not to rush that. Mm-hmm. It's just your body tells you how fast you can go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, and now, next man up, like you said, do you kind of marvel at how deep this pitching staff goes, even now that you're minus one? I mean, it's incredible, honestly. I mean, we can go – we have guys to go power left, power lefties, power righties – some righties with stuff, lefties with stuff. I mean, we can throw anybody at, in our pitching staff out at any moment, and the odds of them succeeding are really high. Who's a guy you like watching? You know, bullpens or how they go about their business. Can't say yourself. Okay. Um, <laughs> definitely Docs. Yeah. Docs is just – the way he goes about his stuff is just professional. How he is right now is bullpens, the way he lifts, the way he eats, the – and then when he's on the mound, it's just like a whole different person. Mm-hmm. It's almost scary. Yeah. He mentioned, yeah, he was on this podcast before the season, and uh, he mentioned that his freshman year, and he arrived at A&M, mm-hmm. said he was probably the worst bullpenner in the program. <laughs> but I know you've only seen him a short time as far as being in the A&M program. You've gotten some fall ball and, mm-hmm. and things like that, but – is there just a maturity and a, and maybe a leadership about John Doxakis right now? For sure. I mean, he's he's the guy that when you're going good, he's going to pat you on your back and be proud of you. But, you know, when you start doing stuff wrong, that he's going to let you know that you need to fix it. Mm-hmm. Then you back him up these days with Asa Lacey. And how about him in his last outing? To basically one hit, you guys one hit TCU. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's that's a hard team to do that against. Mm-hmm. Just how about Asa getting the team off and running like he did that Saturday night in Houston? I mean, just when you have a lefty going out there that's just ninety four, ninety six, and his last pitch of the game, 
was 95. I mean, it's just electric. And he's going to go out there with, I mean, he could probably tell you that he didn't have his best stuff, but, I mean, he's going to compete no matter what. And to one-hit a team like that is just beyond me. And you got it's a different, your head coach is your pitching coach. So a lot of the things you do, I mean, the head coach is watching. It's, I always say, like with the football team, Jimbo Fisher is kind of a quarterback's coach, and he's always around the skill guys. So they got a little bit different. You guys do as pitchers, because Rob Childress is always there with what you do. Is it less nerve-wracking in a game because he's over in the dugout? When you throw a bullpen, I mean, he's three feet away, Mm -hmm. usually eyeing you with everything you do. Is a game almost more relaxing than a bullpen and the head coach being there the whole time? Um the bullpens, you know, they're normally pretty relaxed. He'll he'll make jokes during them, and he pretty he makes it pretty game like. But like, I mean, he'll he'll almost like heckle us, telling us that like, there's no way that you can make this pitch or you can't make this pitch, and kind of like they'll be telling you on the road. Mm-hmm, yeah, so just <laughs> I mean, so far he's been the he's heckled me the most in bullpen. So just when it's in games, it's just routine. It's yeah. easy. I was going to say, probably it might relax you more. Mm-hmm. Knowing that, look, I've been through coach standing two mm-hmm. feet away in my face yeah. the whole time. It's telling me there's no way I can throw three fastballs for a strike. Mm-hmm. It's all that. And <laughs> um, the amount of lefties, one of the things about that is when you get base runners, you can hold them on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see that guy at first base and your move can – can keep him pretty close at times because I know you guys started the season with a Fordham team that last year ran like crazy. They they led the nation, stolen base attempts, stolen bases, period. Uh, but they didn't run a hot, whole lot the opening weekend because that lefty pitching could really keep them on. And we were looking back at a video before you came. This was with the uh, Team USA, the trials for Team USA. And I think you were playing at the Twin Stadium, Target Field. You picked off three runners in a day. Do you take pride in the move over to first base. Um, definitely, because, you know, as every pitcher, you know, you hate letting base runners on. You know, you just – every pitcher could throw a perfect game every game, we would. But, I mean, just being able to take runners off base, um, it's a huge advantage, honestly, and it's something I definitely pride myself in. Yeah, and is that a lot – a big deal with all the left-handers on this staff? I mean, do you guys – Talk about who's got the best move. No, who's Deb, the best Deb. to keep? And who does have the best move? And are you in the running here? <laughs> um, I wouldn't say I'm in the running right now. I'd say Dustin has a really good move, and Chris Webber's is just unbelievable. Because mm-hmm. you also, you're a hitter too, mm-hmm. and you can hit. And you're saying if you got on first base – Dustin signs Chris Weber would be the pitcher you wouldn't want to see uh, if you're a base runner. I'd I'd probably have about a two foot lead. <laughs> you wouldn't be going? No, no chance. <laughs> Especially with Mikey back there right now. No Boy, way. Well, he can throw some guys out, oh, can he? Mm-hmm. That's that's great for for us. Mm-hmm. It's just if we can mess up timing of the runners, that's going to give him an even better shot. And he's just throwing people out left and right right now. No doubt. Pitching against hitting, because you do both. There's a lot of versatility on this team. In your past, do you think you've played all nine positions at one point? If you, you can go back to Little League, 
high school summers. Is there a position on on the on the diamond that you hadn't played yet in your baseball life? Game wise, the only position I have not played would be second base. Really? I've practiced there in little league all through little league. I played shortstop and third, but second, I never found myself there. When not pitching, what were you mostly in high school? On the infield? Uh, I played left. In left. So you've hit all the outfield positions. That mm-hmm. you've, had. you've you've caught. Mm-hmm. I caught when I was thirteen. Really? Did you like catching? Not really. You could do without it. I I can. Not mad. I don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> so if you are not pitching, and you want to play one position, do you say I want to get over to second base because I haven't done it? Do you stick with what you're comfortable with? You could pick one position for the rest of your career if it's not pitching. What are you going with? Does DH count? <laughs> no, nah, I guess you got to keep it in the field. Keep it in the field, okay. Um, probably just first. Mm-hmm. Just probably one of the most simple sports. Just catch the ball, field the ball, toss the ball. Yeah. But you did say DH first. I'll give you that, though. Yeah. You'd rather just pitch, pitch and hit. Yes. That, that'd be <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, when you do come to the plate, who do you not like facing? Like like you said, if you're on first base, you don't like looking at Weber and signs as far as pickoff moves and holding you on. I mean, just flat out as a hitter. Who's got the best stuff, hardest to hit? Um, The two people I hated facing this fall were probably Docs and Asa. The, yeah, the, the Friday-Saturday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Chandler just had my number all fall, too. Joe's Walker. Yes. Okay. When when you're a batter standing in against Docs, what's he throwing that makes him so difficult? Is it just because it it looks so different all the time, one pitch to the next? Is that what keeps you off balance? Um, it's not that the pitches look different; it's they look the same. Uh-huh. But one pitch runs into my hands, and the next pitch just falls off the plate. And hard to react. And to I just bit. it's no clue what's coming. And then the same thing with Asa. Where's the difficulty lie when you're looking out at him? Just he's going to come at you with fastballs in and out at 94 to 96. And <laughs> if you try and cheat to that, he's just going to break one off and you're going to just not even close. Yeah. It's almost you can't predict too much with those guys. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's so hard to react because mm-hmm. they're on you so quick. But it's good that come game day, the other team has to face this. yeah and um, just you guys in the array of left-hand pitching but really it's a good mix because rob childress said before the year there's 17 guys who can pitch and it's a mix of nine left eight right i mean you guys could almost just go back and forth in a game mm-hmm. to give a different look um, it's incredible it's i've never been on a team like this normally it's just Eight righties, two lefties, but to have this versatility is just its awesome. Yeah. Well, you guys will take it into the weekend against Gonzaga, then conference play soon enough on the, uh, the next weekend against Vanderbilt. All that's here at Olsen Field at Bluebell Park. Next two weekends, A&M is right here in College Station, folks. So get on out to the friendly confines. Two good series coming up. We'll call you Moo the rest of the way. Yes, sir. So, Moo, thanks for the time on the podcast. We'll catch up with you this weekend uh, with Gonzaga in town. Thank you. All right, that's Moo Minifee right here on the Aggie Baseball Podcast one more time starting on Friday night. The series begins A&M and Gonzaga.
Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.